BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Jill and Carlene here, like we are every single Wednesday. Your friendly neighborhood beauty editors turned beauty podcasters sharing the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty every single week. I feel like I'm back in the saddle again. Our guest today is back by popular demand, and it's board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Shireen Idris. So yes, I'm so sorry that I had to miss this interview, Jill. I know you were you were solo with Pillow Talk Derm. She also goes by in New York and I would have loved to meet her in person. But on the upside, I can't wait to hear what she has to say because I haven't heard this episode either yet. So I'm going to learn along with you guys at home. She's so much fun. But, you know, you and I haven't caught up in a hot minute because we were like ships in the night. I was on holiday and then you were on holiday. And I need to know we've been, you know, kind of teeing up the trip that you were taking trip of a lifetime to Europe. What were the top three highlights? Okay, can I get it down to three? I I mean, family, you know, this was my parents were on the trip to Croatia along with my kids and my husband. And, you know, just the moments like my kids walking around with they kept walking around with their arms around each other's shoulder. And then mom, you know, yeah, me and Kevin were in behind. And I just, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. And I, I swear my neighbor put this the best way when it comes to investing in family vacations, because we've never been the type of people to go away once a year. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. financially, that's tough for a lot of families. But it's it's about that, like, team. It's team time. You know, it's like Team Higgins yeah. Gregoire, because it can be like that ships in the night from every day. Everybody's doing their own thing, but this is dedicated time. Yeah. So I really saw that. And making memories. Yeah, exactly. Making and, memories. You know, yeah. and, and then my mom, obviously, being where she grew up, so beautiful there. Like just, you know, the waterfalls and the trees and the clean air. And honestly, seeing her, she's 84 now. And it was almost like a bit of Benjamin Button going on where she was, she just... Uh-huh. Every day, she her eyes would get a little bit clearer. Her mobility was a She's bit like coming stronger. Alive. It, yeah, and I don't know. I feel like part of it was the sea air, and part of it, yeah, I think the food. It was so incredible to see. I need to figure out how to, you know, bring that back home. So that was mm-hmm. amazing. And then 
Of course, Paris buying Chanel shoes. Yes, I did. I did treat myself. Now I'm going to ask you, did you go for the slingbacks or did you go for the ballet flats? Because obviously the ballet flats are the moment. I know it's true. The ballet flats, first of all, in the store I went into were sold out. So I tried on the slingbacks Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is the Matilda Jerf effect, all that. But I tried on the slingbacks and they had them in my size in the black. So I went with those. My husband didn't like the two tone, you know, the two tone slingbacks. Yeah. He was like not Mm -hmm. flattering. You know, I have my cankles (laughs) and I was like, I thought that these would be flattering They're That's what they were constructed for Mm -hmm. was to elongate the leg. And he's like, no, the black ones Mm -hmm. are hot. So I got the black ones. I treated myself. And what else? I had a Guerlain facial. Thanks to the people at Mm. Guerlain, the good people at Guerlain. And that was divine. Mothership. I went to the yeah. Champs-Élysées location and it's just like this beautiful, serene apartment above all the shops. You have to go in kind of through a back door. I felt like Catherine Deneuve. Love and it. then, you know, you've got those high ceilings and everything's marble. And you know how they're all about honey, the honeybees at yeah. Abiel. There was so everything was like cream and white and beige, like Coco Chanel's old apartment. Beautiful. And then there were so many textures that just look like honey. And I was like, I'm obsessed. Beautiful. Yeah. Now I'm ready to smash it. And, you know, if you want to get a heads up on what that's going to look like, I'm actually going to be a speaker at Create and Cultivate. Mm-hmm. What? In case you missed it, we're heading to L.A. later this week. So it's not too late. Get your tickets. We're going to take part in the Create and Cultivate Behind the Business Beauty and Wellness Summit. It's on Saturday, September 9th. There's a very exciting lineup. Keynote speakers include Melissa Wood Health, Aisha Curry, Carlene, you will be on stage representing Breaking Beauty podcast alongside creators like Girl Boss Town and dissecting trends for 2024 and beyond. That's right. And I would love to meet with some of you guys live and in person. So come out and join us. We actually have 20% off tickets with a promo code. There's a few left. Just head on over to createcultivate.com and enter promo code CCBTBW20. We're going to link to it in our show notes and over on our website. So get 20% off. Come and say hi to me. And with that, we are going to move on to our guest of honor this week. It's a sophomore appearance from none other than board certified cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Shireen Idris, aka Pillow Talk Derm. I think she's up to over 600,000 subscribers on YouTube and more than 600,000 followers on Instagram. You know, she's delivering on that skincare nerd content that we all love. She also has her own Manhattan based practice. And last year, of course, she debuted her very own eponymous skincare line called Pillow Talk Derm. So, yeah, what are we talking about today, Jill? I basically put to her all of the top most Googled questions around skincare Mm -hmm. and facial treatments that we want to know now and that the people want to know. We dive into real talk on preventative Botox And she really made me think about the one factor to consider before building your skincare routine that's almost as important as knowing your skin type. Mm, Color me intrigued. And I know you got deets on her personal favorite SPFs. And of course, any products that are talked about in today's episode, you'll find over at BreakingBeautyPodcast.com. Can't wait to hear from everybody's favorite derm. Welcome, Dr. Idris.
pausing to share a word from this week's show partner, Pillsbury. Happy September, everyone. It's time to reset our routines. Personally, I felt like I was a bit off the rails this summer in terms of grabbing dinner on the fly at all different hours of the evening. So that's why I'm happy September is here. And I just think routine, especially around mealtimes, it's it's good for everyone, whether you're prepping a girl dinner or feeding a family. And that's why I think Pillsbury is a genius way to be creative with weeknight dinner ideas that are simple, delicious, and speedy. Dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. Thanks to Pillsbury, weeknight recipes are as easy as fill, roll, bake to please your picky eaters and move on with your evening. That's right. You just roll up your favorite ingredients into a crescent roll and bake. To me, this is the definition of working smarter, not harder. And when you head to Pillsbury.com, there's so much inspo for quick and easy spins on weeknight recipes. For example, there's chicken taco stuffed crescent rolls. There's pepperoni pizza crescent rolls or ham and cheese crescent rolls. And there's even an air fryer spinach artichoke crescent bites. I mean, if I don't even have to turn my oven on, I am so in. So find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com and friendly reminder that you can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. Once again, find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com. Now back to the show. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's outlist for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, I am so excited to talk to you. First of all, I need to ask you about kind of just like, I just want to take the temperature of skincare and social media and everything. What's kind of like really occupying some of your mind right now and your TikTok scroll time? 
my TikTok scroll time. My TikTok scroll time has gone down <laughs> okay. because of threads. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> so I'm like that app just like I don't know what happened to my attention span. Yeah. But my TikTok is kind of down. I would say I feel like it's been a pretty tempered sort of world okay. at this point in time. Yeah. So it's not as like chaotic or crazy as it was in 2020 or 2021 yeah. when I think I was interviewed with yeah. you guys. Yeah. But I do think there are still people who are just trying to gain attention by hating on others. Yeah. And it's just never a good look, yeah. especially when they're trying to pit professionals against professionals and everybody. I am never going to take the place of a cosmetic chemist or an esthetician right. or a whatever it is, an influencer and for that matter. And I feel like we all have to learn that when we work together, the best change will happen and people yeah. will be educated in the best way possible. Yeah. So I think that's like the one thing that I think is kind of still present that should die pretty quick. Yeah. Talk to me about threads, because pretty much immediately you were like a superstar on threads. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was in London eating scones. OK. <laughs> and then I was like, Gary V popped on my Instagram and he was like, you should be on threads. And I was like, oh, God. And then I go on it. And for whatever reason, I, I genuinely do not know why. I understood it right away. Okay. Whereas Twitter, I've been on Twitter. I've have an, I have a handle. I think I've tweeted like three things in the past seven years. I never understood. Right. It just seemed way more chaotic than threads. And threads just seemed like a, oh, F it, here we go again. <laughs> Happy, funny, sort of easygoing space. Yeah. So I didn't really care what I was writing. And it just kind of like blew up in that sense. Right. Literally in one day. Yeah. yeah which was nuts. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Because we, I think, yeah, we're talking and threads has been a thing for literally a week or 10 days at yeah. this point. And you're already a Threads influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not something I ever expected to, you know. I love it. Yeah, I love wild. it. So off the hop, I want to ask you about this breakup with Botox craze. So I've seen this on social media. If you're not familiar, apparently a therapeutics brand called Revance, Re Revance mm -hmm. used chat GPT in an effort to convince users to, quote unquote, break up with Botox for the treatment of frown lines in favor of its rival drug called Daxify. So the campaign launched and it had like a 30 second breakup song and no way. videos featuring women practicing their Botox breakup in the mirror, like having to like deliver news to the Botox that they were breaking up with. So have you seen anything about this? I have not. <laughs> I have not. And I wonder if they've intentionally blocked me from seeing <laughs> such a thing. But that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And what about Daxify? Have you heard about of this? Of course, I have it in my practice. Yes. But that's, I mean, this is where the line gets blurred between a medication that, you know, providers are providing to patients. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately it is a medication, whether right. it's Daxify and we make it look pretty with pink and whatever, or it's Botox that's used for migraines. It's it's a It's a medication. Right. So to have a drug company so blatantly piss on the next one yeah is like saying don't eat oranges have a banana yeah. banana and oranges are both fruits they're right. both drugs but i mean they're not the same one person cannot tolerate the acidity of an orange and one person hates bananas like everybody responds slightly differently okay and i've seen this firsthand i offer all of them in my practice yeah. and i am not sponsored by anyone not galderma not allergan not mers not revance none of them right and so i don't think that's actually a fair sort of Play, you yeah. know, I was kind of blown away that they could say the word Botox. It's I wonder if they're going to get hit with something. Maybe. 
That's wild. Blame it on chat GPT. No, chat GPT. <laughs> oh, chat GPT is apparently getting, going to court. I'll probably, yeah. I, I don't doubt yeah, it. Yeah, the FDA or something. I don't know what it was. Not the but FDA, though. in all seriousness, yeah. is it true that Doxify lasts a bit longer? I, listen, on average, Botox. Yeah. Botox, Botox. We were talking about it. Probably lasts anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks. Okay. And people think, okay, I inject, it's going to last like this, and then pff, it's going to go away. It doesn't work that way. You inject... It's there. Your movement kind of comes back. Oh, it goes away. Your movement kind of comes back. Oh, it goes away until finally it gives up. Right. Around the 12 to 14 week mark. But the 10 to 12 weeks is when it kind of accelerates. Yeah. I hate the marketing of, oh, it lasts six months. Because then people come in and I have to deal with it at the end. I'm not the one who cooked it. Right. And they're like, wait, I have movement at four months. And I'm like, and they're like, no, I need a free treatment. And then the drug companies do not give support to the providers. Right. Because then we're at, you know, the whims of our patients and you want to make sure that they're happy. Yeah. But they're being misled. Right. So no, it doesn't last six months. Okay. Okay. It doesn't. You're going to probably get movement back around the three to four month mark. Okay. Not as much as Botox. So it does last a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not perfect for the full duration of six months. Right. Okay. Okay. So Back to the people's most Google uh-huh. questions. One that's really high up there is how do I determine my skin type? So what do you say to that? I have a whole YouTube video <laughs> that you guys can watch that I recorded two years ago. It's up there. You know why I started social? So I don't have to keep repeating myself. No, We're going to make you do no, it today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But basically... I like to think of it as like either oily or dry or sensitive. Okay. Because normal is what's normal. Yeah. That means nothing. Everyone has normal skin to them. Everyone has normal skin. Yeah. And I think the way you kind of assess is after washing your face with a cleanser. If your skin feels very dry and stripped like an hour or so later, not immediately, Mm -hmm. you're probably on the drier end of the spectrum. And you're probably somebody for whom you could see a lot of the fine lines. You could see maybe a couple of flaking, although the flaking is not necessarily just due to dry skin. It could be a yeast. But your skin doesn't feel nice and dewy and like just, you know, picked up. Mm -hmm. If your skin is oily by the end of the day or an hour after washing your face, especially Mm -hmm. along your T-zone and your pores look more enlarged and you're somebody who's more prone to breakouts, you're probably on the oily end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody is some combination of combination. And if you're super combination skin where you're really just glistening from like your top to bottom, but you're like the Sahara Desert on the sides, Mm -hmm. you do have to tailor your skincare to different parts of your face. Okay. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Do do people really do that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But they're missing out. Yeah, they're missing out. I, I feel like it's well, it's expensive, right? And you just want to get on your routine that works, and you don't want to be using five products on different parts of your face. But maybe no, that's but the maybe move. but maybe it's like you do it for a couple of months where you're just yeah. focusing on the worst part. Is it the dryness or the oiliness? Right. And then once that sort of acclimates, then you see how you address the second if it still needs to be addressed as much. Right. Because it is cohesive. So it might calm down when the rest is picked up. Yeah. Do you think that skin type is people put too much emphasis on it? I swear you're stalking. Because what? 30 minutes ago in the Uber ride, I was editing a reel that I'm going to post on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Talking about moisturizing your face and how people put too much emphasis on their skin type. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Without taking into account their environment, because everyone's like, I'm dry, I'm oily. But an oily person in a humid environment is very different than an oily person in a dry environment. And same goes for a dry person. And so mm-hmm. it's a living, breathing organism, organ organism. Right. And you definitely need to address your skin needs based on your climate. Yeah, and where you are. A hundred percent. And that's something that people have never really 
picked up on. Right. Like I don't use the same moisturizer when I am in Florida as I do when I'm in Utah. Right. Not the same. Same that you don't wear the same clothes. 100%. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. You yeah. can put that in your reel. <laughs> I, too, I already edited it. I, I finished. I edited it. I cut it. I did the whole thing in the car. Um, there, we, there we have it, everyone. She edits her own <laughs> social media. So we don't even have to ask that question. Now, next question is, how do I know if my skin is purging? I've always kind of thought purging is a bit of a fallacy. Like, I don't know if it's a real thing. It is a real thing. Okay. But I think it's been overexploited mm-hmm. in a sense. Purging is when you basically introduce an ingredient onto your skin that is going to slightly accelerate your own skin's exfoliation process. And in that process, impurities that are sitting underneath the surface of the skin are going to kind of come up okay, a little bit faster or come up in, when you were never expecting them to even, especially in areas where you would have been prone to breaking out. So for example, I tried a 30% TCA peel in June. Four days later, I had a bunch of tiny little equal sized blackheads and whiteheads on my chin. They're gone now. Yeah. But it came up and it lasted anywhere from like, I would say one to four weeks. And I just kept going through my routine slowly as I did prior. Right. Without trying to aggravate it. Because the second I tried to pop one, it left a mark. So I just didn't do it. Yeah. And now where I'm at the four to six week mark and it's much better. Okay. It's completely cleared. But that's the key. It's transient. Mm. It's not something that lasts forever. So if your skin is in this constant state of purging, like let's say you use a retinol yeah, and you always are breaking out from it, maybe you just can't tolerate that yeah. retinol. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you're purging forever. It just means you can't tolerate it. Yeah. So it should have a beginning and an end. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Now, we've gotten this question so many times. I've lost count. I'm sure you have too. What's the difference between medical grade skincare clinically tested skincare and drugstore skincare. Are these real terms, especially clinically tested and medical grade? That's an excellent question. I am a doctor. I have my own skincare line. Medical grade means jack shit. Okay. Okay. Clip it. Clip. <laughs> jack shito. <laughs> okay. It means niente. Okay. Nothing. Medical grade, drugstore grade. One is store, sold in a drugstore. One is sold in a provider's office. That is all that it means. And if you want to pay more for whatever, it makes you feel better, do it. Because at the end of the day, there is some placebo effect to skincare. Yeah. If you feel like you're enjoying it because you got it there and you have more value and you feel like it's working better, it might actually work better Yeah. because it's it exists. So I'm not going to deny that fact. But does it mean anything? It doesn't. Clinically studied means something, but okay. clinically proven doesn't. Clinically tested and studies are the same. Okay. So clinically proven, you have to do your homework to see what the company has done. Okay. Because maybe they're relying just on their manufacturers of the raw ingredients to say, oh, this ingredient was clinically proven versus that one. So we're going to say it's clinically proven, right? Yeah. Clinically tested can either be a consumer perception test where someone's like, oh, I think I look better. Yeah. 80% of people think they look better. Right. Versus a clinical study, which is like, so we did all of them which is basically when you hire an independent testing facility that has their own testers that we never meet. The participants don't even know what they're using on their face. Pictures are taken to actually evaluate the skin and to evaluate the quality of the skin Mm -hmm. and to quantify any sort of change through pictures and through those independent testers. Like they use those instruments too. Yes. Yeah. And so you have to do your own studies to see Mm -hmm. what a brand is actually doing to back up their own claims. Right. I'm sure when you were launching your online, you were probably like, I better have my shit together. (laughs) 
I was like, buckle up <laughs> to my husband. You thought we spent X. We're spending 10. We're spending 10X. <laughs> it's funny because I went back and forth a lot. And I was like, but of course, I'm not going to do something that's not real. Of course, I'm going to. But at the end of the day, I felt like I had to do it. Yeah. Being a physician, being a dermatologist, you know, holding, being held to that standard. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll do it. And why not? I have all of this extra effort behind yeah. all of these products that speak for themselves. Yeah. So for me, it ended up being a no brainer, but it did significantly increase the cost of yeah. the whole process. The, bu the, the budget went, yes. went way up. Yeah. This is a question we also get a lot and it's I think it's pretty tricky to answer because it's so vague. What are the best anti-aging skincare products? This is what people are Googling. So it's wild. It's wild. It is very vague. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be collagen. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, say more. Say it's more. not going to be collagen. I think you want to go for things that are tried and true. Mm -hmm. Things that have real studies and years behind them. Everything great was once new, but not everything new is great. Mm -hmm. And some ingredients have been around for years. If they've been around for years, everyone should be looking like a fetus by now, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's not necessarily going to be great. Yeah. But things that have actual data behind it. I mean, unfortunately, retinoids as a whole mm -hmm. has data behind it. Yeah. Certain peptides have data behind it. It's certain types of exfoliating acids like glycolic acid has data behind it. But companies are never going to say glycolic acid helps to promote collagen production because that's bordering on a drug claim. Right. So you have to sort of know and understand. And I think as a, as a consumer, it can be very confusing. Yeah. Even as a physician, it can be very confusing. I just want to go back to the collagen thing you said there, like the little discs, the collagen. Is that topically? Topically. Yeah. I mean... And orally-ish, I think more studies and better studies are needed mm -hmm. that are double blind and truly objective because a lot of them were funded by the companies. They're not going to see our product as crap. Right. So they're going to present it in a certain light. But again, there's also placebo effect. And there's yeah. also. So I think a better, well-formulated study around oral collagen should be done. Several, right. not just one. Right. In terms of topical collagen, my beef with it is that so many patients come in saying, I've been using this cream or that cream and it has collagen, but my skin feels still very weak mm -hmm. or crepey. And it's still a misconception that is very much present that people think applying topical collagen to their face mm -hmm. is going to help promote their own collagen. Right. Not that it's a hydrating product. Yeah, it's a moisturizer. Sure. Great. But anything's going to moisturize. It's yeah. not going to replenish collagen. Right. But by leading with collagen on a lot of these products, people are thinking they're replenishing their own supply. Right. And that's not the case. For sure. Okay, another Google question that's high up there is, do eye creams actually work? When they come with a specific intent. Okay. Meaning, I think there's a place for eye creams when you're addressing a problem. Like, are you trying to promote collagen production right. for a point? Are you trying to minimize the look of redness or puffiness for that area? Are you trying to address a little bit of discoloration for that area? So I think eye creams, when they come with intent and are trying to target a specific problem, yeah. great. Okay, But a $400 <laughs> La Prairie eye cream that my mom used to wear and I used to like roll over <laughs> is like, no, not necessary. But again, if you enjoy it and if you feel better about yourself, that yeah. you're using that product and you feel you see a difference, I don't underestimate the power of placebo. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. So go use it. Why not? It makes you happy. I'm not going to tell you what to right, do. Right, right. But do I think that you need a $400 eye cream that's just a really basic, rich, I was going to use the other B word, moisturizer? Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. So what's the best eye cream you've ever seen, like, if you were like, okay, this is the one that actually does something. 
There used to be a brand called Neocutis that I loved. Oh. Or not Neocutis, sorry, Naya 24. Oh. Naya 24 had, I think they sold and then they went under or something. But they had an amazing under eye. It was a niacin rich eye cream that brightened the under eyes, but it mm. also felt beautiful and was very nice under the eyes. And the, one of the best under eye primers I've ever used. Okay. But it helped with inflammation and it helped brightening the under eye area. So that one, unfortunately, was, was a very sad loss yeah. when that company went under. And it's, even though I know fragrance is controversial, it had a very light scent, almost like a, like a light laundry detergent okay. where you felt really nice using it. Mm. But that's a real shame. Otherwise, I would say I, I loved Kate Somerville's retinol eye cream mm -hmm. because everyone wants to try to get retinol in that area, but it's very hard to fully tolerate. So it's just the right balance for the under eyes. Yeah. You bring up a good point with the one that you initially liked that it's kind of like priming under the eyes because a lot of them are too emollient. Yeah. And you feel like it's kind of slipping and sliding everywhere. All over. Yeah. All over. It's just like, and all of a sudden you put the concealer <laughs> and then it's like sitting in different yeah, patches. Yeah, it's not cute. It's not cute. Yeah. So I feel like it should serve a dual purpose thinking of the person and how they're going to use it in their life. And not yeah. everyone's going to walk out barefaced. Yeah. What about under eye? I'm just going to stick with the eye area. I was recently at an event from a pharmaceutical brand and they were talking about an under eye injectable that was specifically for the under eye area, but it's just hyaluronic as far as I could tell. <laughs> you <laughs> do, you, do you have a reel about that too? No, I don't. But I feel like, so they got, the, I know what drug company you're talking about. They basically, the problem is this. It's the exact same product as we've been using for years. Yes. Nothing in the product has actually changed. They just got clearance now through the FDA to talk about using it for the under eyes. Okay. So I understand that they're promoting it. It makes sense. But I've been using it for years for the under eyes. Right. For years. But hyaluronic acid, when injected under the skin, comes in different weights, comes in different shapes, comes in different molecular configurations. Yeah. That can do it does different things. And it's not just about the paint that you're using or the HA that you're using. It's about the type of canvas that you have. Mm. Do you have a bone structure that can hold on to the filler correctly so that it can sit there and not move? Is your bone structure too low? Is your skin too thin? Are you, up, are you injecting too deep? Are you injecting too superficially? So there's a lot of varying variables right. when it comes to under eyes and fillers. But for that particular one that you're talking about, it's basic. I don't know if you can say what it is, but it's a I don't it's rest. Yeah, you can say it. it's yeah. a Restylane brand and they now sell them in half syringes specifically dedicated for the under eyes. But it's the exact same product as what you get injected into your face that you've been using for years. Yeah, but they just sell it in a half syringe now. And they right. actually had half syringes for a long time, but they were because of the cost to produce almost as expensive as buying a full syringe. So why then was a patient going to pay so much more for a half syringe? Right. It was a whole thing. Right, right, I right. Hope, I wish them a lot of success. Of course. But I don't think it's necessary just to use that. Right. Unless you're getting it at a better price. Right, right, right. What about, do you think that under eye filler is still happening? Yeah. Do you think it's, people are still doing it? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I have always been somebody, personally in my practice, do I see a lot of bad under eye fillers yeah. coming in that I have to reverse? Yes. Am I somebody who just injects the under eye when I see a patient walk through the door? Probably 1% of the time. Mm. Because when you're looking at a person's under eyes, and if it's truly due to the aging process and looking more tired because you're evolving and wiser in life, 
then it also comes with volume loss elsewhere on your face that you also have to address for your face to look cohesive. It is rare that you have somebody, unless it is just purely genetics, who's extremely sunken in, who can basically take filler under their eyes alone. Yeah. You know, and just address that. I think that's like a young person's game. It's a young person's game. And they it's unfortunate because it catches up with them once it's a little bit too late that they realize they don't like the look of it. Yeah. And so I think the obsession with anti-aging and people in their teens and their early 20s is wild, in my opinion, because just live your life, be free and be young and just enjoy it while you have it. And don't try to chase away things that are going to happen naturally anyway at yeah. such a young age. And that whole preventative thing, I have like very like feelings about internally. Because there's only a small subset of people that are born looking older, yeah. you know, or how are genetically going to look older slightly faster yeah. than the majority. Now, you touched on it, the preventative word. So yeah. my next question that's Googled a lot is, is preventative Botox really a thing? Now, we had Dr. Jean Carruthers on the show many mm-hmm. moons ago. She's the ophthalmologist who basically then discovered that Botox could be great for cosmetic use. And her and her husband the did all the work. Yeah, they're the godparents. Exactly. Of, yeah, and then they sold it to Allergan. I'm like, why are you still working, girl? But she's still working. And she told me that you should only start using Botox when you see the line at rest. I love her. So that. that's 100%. when I started. And now I'm like, oh, maybe this coin slot on my forehead Maybe I should have been dealing with it years ago. No, I. I <laughs> or was it? Would it have been I, a waste go, of money? I'm gonna nuance her statement a little bit, Let's a little hear bit. It, yes. But she's absolutely right. You start Botox at your first signs of aging mm-hmm. that are there, even when you're not emoting. Okay, like if you, so, having a line at rest can have a lot of different varying degrees, from a little line to a deep crevice. Yeah. And so I think when you have your fine lines of aging that are there, that are there when you're not emoting and you're just looking at yourself blank faced at the mirror and they start to bother you, Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of a good time to start. Okay. But when I have patients come in who are like, they just popped out of the eggshell (laughs) and they're like, look at my lines and they're lifting their foreheads. Yeah. I'm like, of course you're lifting your forehead. It's like when you bend over, you're going to have a role. Yeah. Everybody has a varying degree of a role. Yeah. But we all have some kind of role because it's like your skirt, your dress, your fabric. It has to. It moves with you. Yeah. It moves with you. And so I think people are starting way too young. And I think with Botox or Dysport or Daxify or Javeau or Xeomin or whichever one, there is a tipping point where like in the very beginning you use it, it does last long. Yeah. Probably five months, even Botox. Yeah. And then it shortens into that 10 to 12 week period that I talked about Mm -hmm. for a few years. And after a few years, as your muscle has kind of gotten used to no longer moving so much, if you're always hitting it, you can then get a longer period of time out of your neuromodulator. Right. Right. But that's why personally, when I tell patients, especially younger ones who come in, let's say they're even 27 or 31 and they have those lines that are bothering them. I tell them, give it at least six months. Let your movement come back. Get your muscle memory back right. before you do it again. Even though you're going to want to hit it in three months, yeah. don't. Allow your face to be its own face and mm-hmm. to have its own emotions. Like I haven't injected myself since I think February, you know? Okay, yeah. So I think that is very important to make sure that you stay cohesive as a whole and mm-hmm. your muscle doesn't become flaccid and you don't right. become flat right. over time. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you do get that, Oh, it's it's just so incredible when you get it done for the first time. You're like, oh, my God, it disappeared. It's like it's it's like amazing. It it really is amazing. amazing. So you're kind of like chasing that hit a little bit. Speaking for myself a little. But yeah, you have to be a little patient. Otherwise, you'll be like frozen forever. Yeah, forever. Or you can't (laughs) flat or flat or flat. Yeah. 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 
Okay, good to know. We've heard it again. We, you've confirmed what Dr. Crothers told us. So she's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. She's the, she, you know, I'm not I'm not taking the limelight away from her. No, but people I yeah. hear other derms say that, oh, preventative Botox is a thing. And then I'm like, well, is that just to get more business? Like, I don't know. Not no shade to them, but I just don't know. It's not about money. I just yeah. think a lot cosmetics and aesthetics is a low barrier to entry. Mm hmm. That doesn't mean everybody should do it. And I think, and it's not to sound like, oh, my technique is amazing. No, yeah. that's not it. It's, I think some people have an innate artistic sort of eye yeah. in which they understand it on a deeper, more emotional level and they understand what it means and they understand the impact it can have and they understand how a person can evolve. And other people's are just painting by numbers. And when you paint by numbers, you're going to end up looking wackadoo. Yeah. And you have to find the person who not only has the credentials to do things for you, but whose aesthetic, whose opinion, whose mental capacity you respect and vibe with yeah. as you grow old. Because you have one body, one face. Yeah. Next question that is being Googled. What skincare products should you spend money on, aka what to invest in? I think everyone should have a basic cleanser, mm -hmm. not one with actives. Something to wash your face with at night. Hey, what's your favorite right now? <laughs> Cannot tell you. <laughs> okay. That might be an Easter egg. Okay. okay. But I think something like Vanacream is relatively basic. Mm -hmm. It does burn my eyes, so it's slightly annoying. Okay. Allies of Skin has a nice one. Mm -hmm. Those are probably I like the new Sophie Pavitt cleanser. Oh, yeah. Sophie Pavitt, her green one. Yes. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Thank you for helping me with that one. Yeah. But yes, I actually <laughs> do like her cleanser. And so I think those are nice basic cleansers. Then you move on, right? I think depending on your environment and your skin type, but first your environment, a basic moisturizer that's going to help keep your skin in balance or not. The only ones who can save money here are the really oily people mm. in humid environments. Mm -hmm. You don't need a moisturizer. You'll be fine. You do not need a moisturizer. Then you need a sunscreen. And I do not care what kind of sunscreen. Mineral, chemical, tinted, non-tinted, as long as it's SPF 30 and above. Yeah. That 2% difference, that's really much more than 2% difference between 30 and 45. Yeah. Who cares? Because people don't even put it on their face. So let them at least put something on their face every single mm -hmm. morning. You'll be better than 99% of the population. And I think when you have those three, you're, you have a pretty solid routine to start with. Right. And then you go from there. Then you focus on your problems. Are you red? Are you brown? Are you acne prone? Are you not acne prone? Do you have rosacea? And then you kind of start going in deeper based on your problem after you have the basics. Right. I do think that what one point of contention or confusion for people is like a serum. It's like when you see the May Love Glow Serum and that's like 30 bucks versus the SkinCeuticals, that's 180, the vitamin C, CE Ferulic, which is so good. Do you think you get what you pay for in that respect? I don't always think you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. No. And I think SkinCeuticals for that price should have put it in an airless pump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that but, would help. But they're playing on the mentality of people wanting to be their own chemists and feeling like it's fancier and right. the droppers at the time uh -huh. were ahead of their time. Right. But I think now with consumers being a little bit more, you know, I think they need to evolve with the times and spend more money if they're going to want that price. Yeah. I like vitamin C esters and that's why I put a vitamin C ester in my moisturizer. Right. So I have, FYI, I have a skincare line called yes. Pilotoxidurin, blah, 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 blah. So in my line, in Pillow during my skincare line, I have a moisturizer called Active Seal. And in it, I intentionally picked a vitamin C ester 
also known as tetrahexyl decyl ascorbate, which I preferred to the active form. Why? Because a lot of people get irritated by the active form. So that's like L-ascorbic acid or something? Yep. Okay. Between an L-ascorbic acid anywhere from 10 to 20% is the sweet spot, but mm-hmm. it's unstable. And you can't use it, for example, with like copper peptides or whatever it is because of the whole oxidation mm-hmm. situation. So I wanted a vitamin C ester that people could use twice a day to get the full benefits of it. Because like a SkinCeuticals, you're probably just using in the morning, yeah. once a day. Yeah. Active seal use twice a day and you can use it in combination with other ingredients, whether it's a retinol, a niacinamide, a copter peptide, all those questions that people tend to ask. Yeah. You can use this type of vitamin C with. Okay. So I, I don't think they're all created equal. I definitely do not. And I don't think you always get what you pay for. I definitely do not. And I think in today's marketplace, and I'm obviously biased because I created my own skincare line, I had to come in at a competitive advantage of price because I'm competing with all of these bigger ones. So I had to take a hit on my own profit margins in that sense. And I thought to myself, rather take a hit because in the long run, people will see how good a product is Mm -hmm. and will stick to it. Right. And come back for more. more. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So we've heard about skin flooding. Yeah. How much skincare is too much skincare to put on your face like at one time? It's a great question that also comes back to your climate and Mm -hmm. your sensitivities. Mm. You know, like you don't need so much moisturizer in a humid environment. You don't. You do not need to moisturize if it's very humid outside. Mm -hmm. And whoever said you do is just trying to sell, you know, ice in Antarctica. Like you don't (laughs) need it. And so I think you have to look at your skin and see where you're at and where you're living and really ebb and flow with the climate when it comes to the moisture of your skin. Right. So this whole concept of skin flooding doesn't make any sense okay. to me. Something else people Google a lot is how to get rid of a zit fast. Not just get rid of a zit, but fast is operative here. Get rid of the appearance of the zit or get rid of the zit? How to get rid of a zit <laughs> fast was the mo- one of the most Googled questions. So if you have like a red carpet event and your mm-hmm. zit is like red, yeah. Red. <laughs> like a juicy <laughs> tomat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lumify has eye drops. Okay. You can put it on it. Okay. Okay. It has an ingredient called bromidine. Bromidine. Is it bromidine or brominidine? I'm a little bit tired because I woke up at 5 a.m. But Lumify. And it helps to basically vasoconstrict and get the red out. Kind of like in theory, preparation H. Right. Putting it on your pimple. Okay. Okay. To minimize the appearance of the redness. But is that going to treat it? No, it's not going to treat it. Like this is like quick. I have a big event in two hours. I just want to make this appear like it's not fully there. Right, right. But if you want to treat something, the tried and trues are the tried and trues for a reason. Yeah. Benzoyl peroxide, creating a benzoyl peroxide salicylic little acid mask that you put on that little sucker to get it dry. Taking a really hot shower. Sit in there a little bit extra. Let your little pimple come to a head. Get a clean needle. You didn't hear it from me. Make a <laughs> tiny little dot and then use a hydrocolloid patch. Okay. Sleep with it. The next day it will kind of help suck it out. And maybe that next day use a tiny bit of a steroid just to calm the inflammation. Right. That's like a quick fix situation as well. But don't use a steroid long term. Not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But doing those little things can help it disappear faster. And yeah. then obviously seeing a board certified dermatologist. Yes. To help you with your skin. You could do, or you could do like a cortisol shot in there if they can Corti- see you. Yes, you can do it. But again, those are like band-aids yeah. that are quick fixes. Like if someone's yeah. constantly getting pimples all the time, I'm not going to do it all the time. Right. I'll do it once. Right. Now, I can't let you go without asking you about sunscreen because this just is the question. It's a million dollar question always. What sunscreen are you loving right now? Are you working on one? I am. Okay. I am working on one. I've been working on one for a while. 
sunscreens take time and capital. Yeah. And I want to make sure we do it right. My colleague, Dr. David Kim, launched the Sunscreen and Mineral One, which is great for oily skin, I think. It's a dry, matte mineral sunscreen okay. called Lightsaver. I always have been a fan of the beauty of Joshan because mm. I like creamier sunscreens in that sense, yeah. almost like moisturizers, especially in the winter. Mm-hmm. I like Isdin as well. There was one more, which was really good. Oh, Super Goop. Oh. They have a body mousse play version. Okay. And I thought that was a really interesting texture for sunscreen because when it dries it doesn't dry very oily either Mm. and I think it's nice when you're on the go and you don't want to wear makeup and you have a little bit oily skin and let's say it's humid outside it was a nice one crystal ball moment what trend do you think we're going to see everywhere moving into late 2023 and even into next year for skincare I think it's already happening okay I think the single ingredient story is on its way out okay completely And I think we're going to see people talk about skincare as like pieces of a puzzle that come together in a broader sense with multiple ingredient stories that make sense. Okay. And I think the sunscreen is going to expand. I think it's going to expand. Yeah. Maybe not by the end of 2023. I think by 2025, like a few years, two to three years from now, we'll have more filters in the U.S., I hope. Yeah. And I think professionals are going to be hopefully taking a center spot. Okay. When it comes to skincare. I wanted to ask you... About your online Pillow Talk Derm. So mm-hmm. any sneak peek somewhat might be coming. The people want to know. I know. <laughs> What's your number one bestseller so far? It's unbelievable how much the hyperserum has been loved. Okay. And that's Fine. all about what? Hyperserum. So hyperserum is part of the major fade line. Right. It is the serum of the trio. And it is the powerhouse of the brightening trio. It is a hydrating serum. So it's actually beautiful. If you have oily skin, you might not really need a moisturizer after it. Mm -hmm. But it also gives an instant brightening effect, which I did intentionally because I wanted people to feel better as they were using it. So they allow the products to actually do the work for them. But it's a beautiful product that I use as a serum all over my face. And because it gets delivered in a drop-like fashion, I use it under my eyes as well. Okay. So that's like an eye cream, even though it's not technically an eye cream that I use. Right. And then the Deep Puffer, I think, has a very solid core audience that are obsessed with it. Once you understand it, it's mm-hmm. like you can't look back. So explain this, what it is. So the Deep Puffer is a product I launched It was born out of my own frustration with people using rollers, but also trying to fill a void for my patients who got a lot of bruising and swelling. So I thought to myself, rollers are kind of stuck in another era. What if we incorporated a roller with a product that was going to actively deliver the benefits that a roller does long after you're done rolling? Mm -hmm. So it has a serum that has anti-inflammatory properties in it. So it can help to reduce the look of puffiness. So I can never say helps reduce swelling. It helps reduce the look of puffiness. Okay. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. I've been practicing. (laughs) It's it's hard to take your doctor hat off. And then it's that's what's hard about this. And what I was also thinking in development was when when you're actually puffy and swollen, what often accompanies that? Mm -hmm. Redness. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted the serum to have redness reducing effects that were relatively quick and that would have longer lasting benefits. And so It's a serum that reduces the look of redness when used twice a day over a month Mm -hmm. and deep puffs within five minutes. Right. And the big thing here is that I've not used it, but I've seen it. It's got a roller, a stainless steel roller applicator. Yes. So the serum, you squeeze the tube. So you turn the roller on. Okay. You squeeze the tube. Then I turn the roller off so Ah. I can control how much comes out. Because if you put too much, it will pill. Right. And I think less is more. 
And then I roll it around my eyes. Again, it's not a dedicated eye product. Right. It is safe to use around the eyes though. But I use it around my eyes because I get very puffy in the morning. Yeah. I have patients who use it around their lips when they inject. And I use it for sculpture patients all the time because mm-hmm. they need to massage their face. Right. And so this is a, a volumizing filler. It's not volumizing. Sculpture. Okay. Is a sculpture. Sorry. The sculpture yeah. is volumizing. Yes. yes. But the roller is not volumizing. Right. Right. And so use it on your face to help minimize the look of swelling, redness. Okay. Bruising. Okay. Well, Dr. Idris, this has been very fun. Did I miss anything? What's a question that you get pretty much every single day in your practice? What do you want for lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Every day at like 7 a.m. I'm like, oh, what are you going to eat today? (laughs) What's your go-to spot? Oh my God. If I I didn't, so I tell everyone at work, like I am not meant to enjoy my lunch at work. (laughs) Because I'm eating so fast. And if right. I care, then I'll be ordering like pasta and fried chicken. and, yeah, this and yeah, I, yeah. It's a waste of calories for me. Yeah, so I try yeah. to order the same thing every day oh. at work. So I don't think about it. Right. Because I do think a lot about food. Oh, my and then God. This it's, way the I can, it's the best. I mean, it's, why not? Why it's the best not? Apparently, Ozempic reduces food noise, <laughs> which I didn't know was the yes, term. But like, yes. I have a lot of food noise in my head. Right. Um, and so well, we night, have to eat three times a day. Like, it's not like you can just forget to eat. And that's why good. I think if you order the same thing yeah. and you know you're covered, then and you know that you don't care to enjoy it. I love sitting down and having nice dinners and going out and spending that time with my family and my friends at night. Yeah. Because I don't have time during the day. So I go and I order the salad from Le Café Coffee, mm-hmm. which is a chain of coffee places in New York City. And I know the guy, the guy is my friend who owns it, but I still pay. And he is very, very picky about his ingredients. Okay. And I know what he's putting in his food and it's clean and I love it. So that's one. And then I always order from Little Beat like a quinoa roasted vegetable situation. So at least I know one meal during the day yeah. is like vegetable focused. Like healthy. Yeah. Super healthy. <laughs> yeah. Because everything else is like prosciutto this, tortellini that, uh, We gotta live. Here. We gotta I live. I, I think everything in moderation. Like when I go on social and I see people yeah. who are like, sugar is going to kill your skin. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Yeah. But you know what else is going to kill your skin? Being unhappy. Yeah. Like unhappy souls <laughs> don't have endorphins. They have bad skin. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think anything in moderation, a little cookie every once in a while, pourquoi pas, enjoy yeah. it, have your eclair, have your croissant, have whatever it is. Glass of wine. You know, a glass of wine, mm-hmm. but don't go crazy. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Dr. Idris, this was so fun. Maybe we'll do a little TikTok with you before we head out of this room. And congratulations on five years of Pillow Talk Derm being an Instagram phenomena and skin nerds. I am a skin nerd now. You are. Officially for life. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday.
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.